0: This is hidden
1: gem. This is hidden This is
0: hidden gem. This is hidden This is hidden gem. hidden hidden This is hidden Check This is man so yeah uh episode 35 y'all handing gems uh tonight we got mental to god um we're gonna dig in deep i mean his story is uh really really extensive so my man had a menu tonight with everything we want to talk about so (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah man uh so let's start off man uh so like your story starts in philadelphia right is that is that where it begins for you
1: definitely Yes, born in Albert Einstein Hospital in uh, Philadelphia, man. And um, Pennsylvania, basically where I lived my entire life until I left for the military. Um, grew up in the inner city, moved to the suburbs around like eighth grade, I believe, if I remember correctly. Graduated from there, but you know, we're 20 minutes, 20 minutes city. Um, typical inner city shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, maybe not typical. I was raised like I was there for the entire you know what I'm saying from eighty to goddamn nineteen ninety so I was there and seeing like how crack really came in um you know if anybody knows Philadelphia history, it's real political, it's real black, it's real Muslim um it's real knowledge' where I'm from, so we had a lot of you know instances like the move um the move bombing when when he, you know what I'm saying the bomb from the helicopters. We had uh, Mumia Abu-Jamal being shut up, you know what I'm saying? Saying, you know, tried to execute a cop, all this, that, and the third man. And, um, you know, we had Frank Rizzo's and all types of wild shit growing up. Um, Not to mention drugs and shit like that, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it was a different era. So the inner city was more like a family, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially the blocks that you grew up on and around. You had a million mothers. You couldn't do shit without it getting back to your real mother. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it kind of kept a lot of us in line. Um, But, yeah, man, you know, it, it, t- typical in the city life. You had your good days. You had your bad days. You had the days where you might get chased home. You had your days where you might chase somebody home, depending on, you know, what you and your crew's doing. doing. Um, but I loved it. You know what I'm saying? I love the city atmosphere. And that's why when we moved to the suburbs, the first chance that I could get back, like, to the city without my mom knowing that we was going back, or we was there, you know what I'm saying? So I go back link up with my old crews there, bring my new little suburban crew there, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, we just kind of put everything together and, um, you know, um, made it work, you know what I'm saying? Like right. I missed the city, but at the same time, we were so close, I didn't have to miss it a whole lot. And there was enough people that moved to the suburbs from the city that it just, after a while, it felt like home, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but inner inner city life in Philadelphia was half like Christian Catholic half Muslim, you know what I'm saying a lot of my family's Muslim, a lot of my family's Bible thumpers, so I had that as well, my name, my real name is Jewish Um, part of my life in Germantown was in the Jewish community, so I got that aspect of it you know, we had Chinatown so we got that aspect of it Um, Jamaican shower posse we had, so you know We had them out there wilding out shooting everything, Haitians, like all types of shit, man. It was like a a real good melting pot of shit. And then music was incredible. (laughs) Like music from where I'm from was incredible. And it was almost like if you didn't do some type of music, I don't know, you might not have had real Philly in your blood, whether it was singing or rapping, we always gravitated Mm -hmm. towards music to keep us out of trouble. You know what I'm saying?
0: It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Um. So, with that being said, um in conjunction with that, would you say would you say your your whole musicianship and like getting into music started with your teenager years,
1: going into your teens no actually, uh my mother um if I remember the stories correctly, man, she used to you know play music for me while I was in the stomach, so my mom and my father they was real heavy into music um neither one of them did music and shit, you know what I'm saying. But music was a constant in their lives. So it just kind of gravitated towards me, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my mom had tried to get me to play saxophone, you know, as a kid. And uh, what it did, uh, it. but instruments was fucking expensive as hell. You know what I'm saying? So when my mom realized that, she was like, hey, you know, well, uh, why don't you try to do something else? So <laughs> um, but now <nah, laughs> music was always there, bro. Like from Gil Scott Heron to Curtis Mayfield to fucking um, – Man, war, like, I mean, every James Brown, like, I could go on and on. Minnie Ripperton was like a real big part of my life. Diana Ross, Aretha Franklin. Um, I mean, shit, my grandmother and Patti LaBelle grew up, my grandmother on my father's side. They grew up five houses from each other on Vernon Road in Philadelphia. So, you know, um, wherever you went, man, it was somebody that did music somewhere or there was some type of lineage to music somewhere. So my love for music was way before I even decided to try and write my first bars of Spit the First 16. You know, I, I grew up on the new edition, the goddamn Michael Jackson, the MC Hammer, Heavy D, like, and everything in between. You know, and then we had the, the shit coming down from New York. We had some hardcore shit in Philly. We had some Jersey stuff, so it was right there. Um, so, yeah, man, It was, from from day one, it was music, music, music. I didn't care what it was. If If it made me... Bop my head, tapped my feet or something to start dancing, I was I was hooked. You know what I'm saying? No no genre really mattered. Um only thing I really didn't like was country too much, you know what I'm saying? Just cause it was just weird to me. You know what I mean? But um, <laughs> other than that, no, dog, music music been here since day one. Gotcha. I man. just started working on music in my teenage years, but I was a music lover from jump. Okay. Okay. Yeah, from jump. So so this is in high school, you started doing like started doing the penmanship and start rapping and starting flowing in high school? Yeah, I say probably like um, fifteen, sixteen. I had dudes that rapped, right? And it was dope that my guys could rap, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then you know, we had we always had the roots. So you look on TV, you go downtown to the galleria, you'd be somewhere in Sheltenham and you could see the roots doing the shit right there, or other people rhyming. So, you know, from like fourteen to fifteen, I was in my room by myself, like after me and my dudes were, you know what I'm saying, going for the night. I turned my little red light on in the room, grabbed some Mr. Middles, man, and just right, right, right. I did that for two years. Nobody even knew I was doing it. I never said nothing. Mm-hmm. Me and some people, uh, me and my people's back home, we threw a, a, a joint, um, like Sweet 16 birthday for like me, my girl, and my man. Um, we three, a three-person party. And some of my dudes who rap came to the party, hopped on the mic, because we had a DJ, we had all this shit. Hopped on the mic, and they was killing it. And I knew I had two years of rhymes stored up in my head. You know what I'm saying? So that party was my my breakout. That was the first rhyme I ever spit for anybody. And when motherfuckers didn't clown me, I said, "Oh, okay, I could do this." You know what I'm saying? Nobody ever said one bad word. And then from that day, every day it was And Every day it was freestyling. Yo, throw a beat on, yo, do it. You know what I'm saying? And then it just kind of it stuck, man. Like once I realized that, yo, I could rap. It was a rat for that. You know, like literally, it was a rat. That's all I wanted to do after that. You know what I'm saying? We just, we grew up in that era where you had to have a job first before you chase your dreams and shit. So it was nothing to go out, get a little job, do this, do that. But no matter what I did at night, I always came back and grabbed a pen and a paper and I'm just sitting in my room. Boom, boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? Like any instrumental, that was big when the singles was out. So you can go grab a single, had A and B, B size, you had at least two instrumentals right there. You know what I'm saying? So we stayed in record stores grabbing actual record singles, and the tape singles. Just anything we can get the goddamn the, – the the instrumentals of, man. And then we was just every day going to war with each other, practicing. Like, all right, well, let's see if we can do this. Then it came to the point where you be at the basketball court or something. People see you rhyming. They come over and start throwing words at you. Yo, Therapeutic. Yo, ganja, like whatever. So now you in the middle of your joint, you gotta be like, all right, therapeutic, cool. Some, some peak the movement. Uh, okay, cool. I get abusive. You know what I'm saying? You just trying to, <laughs> you just trying to keep going off the head with it. And um, a- after a while, man, it was nature. And and every time you seen us, we was probably somewhere rhyming. You know what I mean? Like whether we wanted to or not, it was just like, what's that crowd over there, yo. You think they rhyming? We go over there. Yeah, they rhyming. Now we hop right in. All right, who next? You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, from from that party until now, it's been all about me doing something. You know what I'm saying? You know, back then it was strictly the pen. Mm. Mm. Yeah, strictly so. the pen. Back then.
0: <laughs> so, you know, when me when, when when me and you were talking, like you were saying how like the military is such a big part of your life. But before we get into that part, I think people need to understand like what what transpired you to get there. And I feel like the college hmm. environment for you was a big part of that, right?
1: Can you speak on that a little bit? It was. So it was and it wasn't. Hold on, man. Let me, let me get comfortable. So it was not it wasn't. Um, college did lead me to the military, right? But it actually had, had nothing to really do with college itself. It was because when, when you first go to college and you live on campus, that's a different type of freedom that if you have a mother like mine who was overprotective, But um, allowed me to be me, you know what I'm saying? But still, she let me go anywhere, but I had to check in, let her know when I got there, let her know when I'm leaving, boom, 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 you know what I'm saying? So when I got to college, man, and there was nobody right there to say, yo, get your ass up. You got class in 10 minutes. Forget that party, you know what (laughs) what I'm saying? Put that joint down. Stop drinking this beer. So, man, I did two semesters of college. That second semester, dog, I think I went to one class on the very first day. But I was at every party for the rest of the semester. Like, everything that was going on, whether it was black fraternities, white fraternities, I was at all the parties. When it was, like, the actual, you know what I'm saying, uh, sororities that had parties, I was there. But when it came to class, I wasn't there. You know what I mean? I was smart as hell, straight-A student my entire life. It was way too much freedom, dog, way too much. All I wanted to do was party, figure out how to get better with writing rhymes. Because at that point, I was rhyming, but I still didn't know how to count bars. I didn't learn how to count bars until I was in college, because I met other people who was doing it on a more professional, rapid level than what we was doing back home. So I'm just rhyming, rhyming, rhyming. They're like, yo, spit a 16. The hell is that? They're like, yo, you just rap for two hours. You don't know how to write a 16? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nah my man grabbed the notebook and he said here it's 32 lines on this page every two lines is a bar start writing like that and then he showed me he's like here here and when you listen to a beat there's bar one two three four five and then i was like oh I right, like i always had the pocket but i ain't know nothing about counting 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 Nah, just i cut it off when it felt like it should cut off um but he was like nah man like 16, 24, 32, eight bar hooks, and started teaching my man Omar Jagad. Omar was a drum player, and Jagad was one of the nastiest rhymers i ever heard. You know what I'm saying? Um, So he was – and it was funny because he was Jigga Man before Jay-Z. Like, Jagad was Jigga Man before most people even knew who uh, Jay-Z was, especially from where I'm from and and the area we was at in college and shit. Um, So once they taught me structure, it was a rat. Now I was really a problem. I'm like, oh, now I know how to cut it off right here, but when I write this hook, it's going to pick up where that joint left off, and now the second verse need to come off of the and then it was like, oh, I got it now. Omar be playing beat like he had a drum, uh, drum set in his room. Him and Jagai lived off campus. We be down there, he be drumming. I'm just freestyling, freestyling, Jagai, like, helping me, you know what I'm saying, fine-tune my shit. Um, we had a radio station out there in college. So all the black dudes, you know what I'm saying, and some of the females, you know, we got the little FCC uh, compliance and shit, and they got our own radio shows. So now, you know, we got access to all the unreleased music, which meant more instrumentals, which meant now I could actually be on a radio station for the college that actually broadcast to, like, some of the Poconos and wilkes uh PA, and all this other shit. Now I could freestyle on a radio station. My dudes could come up here and do what they do, you know what I'm saying? So it just was all... Un, unbeknownst to me I'm just, going, I'm just living it you know what I'm saying I'm not really putting two and two together like yo you should probably think about this is how you want to move like you want to move into the music I'm still thinking I'm going to college for accounting I need to have a job blah 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 but this music shit is fun you know what I'm saying so I never really thought like yo you could actually become I could have been Charlemagne the guy before Charlemagne the guy you know what I'm saying like if I would have really took the radio stuff because we had a dope show and all of my people had a dope show so, you know, you can inter- interchange and whatnot. So, you know, college um, college led me to the military, but it had nothing to do with college. I just partied and drank and did other shit besides go to class way too much. So now when after them two semesters and you realize like, damn, you know, I don't really got no more money. And I don't really know what to tell my mother right now. You know what I'm saying? she's thinking I'm doing my <laughs> thing in college. You know, oh, I'm so so I would not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dreading this conversation right now. i just about to get into it. <laughs> bruh, so, and it was funny because um, I told her straight up, I was like, look, too much freedom. I fucked this all up, basically. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to come on for a minute, but I'm going to figure it out. I didn't know what I was going to do, to be honest. So by the time I came back from college, uh, one of my best friends at the time, he was just graduated high school, because so he was like a year, year and a half behind me. So I'm like, yo, bro, what you plan on doing? He's like, man, I ain't trying to go to college. Bro. I think I'm going into the Navy. So "What? man, we will mess with that. So, you know what I'm saying? He was like, man, fuck it. Just come and look at it with me. So we go to the recruiter spot or whatever. Mind you, I'm still mad smart. He mad smart. So make a long story less long on the Navy aspect of it. Um, uh, Because I didn't want to go. Hey, Oh, oh I-, I skipped over some shit. So in college, too, I was a knucklehead. Now, we wasn't like no criminals or nothing, but we was some fucking, you know. Yo, look, there's a pile of money staying over there. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? You, uh, you run interference, I'm going to grab this shit. You know <laughs> so we did that to a couple of fraternity parties, bro, where it was like, <laughs> motherfuckers on campus was like, yo, where your man Ari at? Yo, he was the last one in the room. Something, something, something. And then I wound up doing some dumb ass shit, you know what I'm saying, with, with, with the two dudes who told me. Uh, towards the two dudes who taught me sentence structure, some little petty bullshit that luckily, eventually later, we wanted to squashing and becoming a family again. Um, loved them br- brothers to this day, but it was just me being young and dumb and having way too much freedom not not having that person or the OGs really over top of me. Like, yo, w- w- what you doing right now? Like, you know what I'm saying? Cool to steal from the fraternity if that's what you want to do, but you never steal from your peoples, and that's what college taught me. Like, college just taught me. How to really move as a young man in a manhood even even when i wasn't a man like all right certain shit you just don't do blah 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 no matter what you and your people did nah you got to move a certain way at all times yeah. so got into a little bit of trouble you know what i'm saying my man who who i loved and who loved me at the time when i did the dumb shit was like, when he was like yo I should blow your head off right now. Or something to the effect, you know what I'm saying? My man's your God. But he was like, you know what I'm saying? I really want you to step outside so I can fuck you up. He was big. He was older. I'm like, I ain't coming outside, motherfucker. Like, fuck that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't about to get my ass whooped this shit, so. But he, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he was real. He was like, yo, I should do this to you, but I love you. So I'm just about to fuck you up, you know what I'm saying? Should never happen. Whatever I, I went my ways, they went theirs. Um, and like I said, now to this day, not adults and shit like that. Like, those are my brothers. Um, but, you know, when, once I came home, Doug, it was like, yo, I can't live at the crib. Like, I didn't been out on my own for a year and a half and it led me back to the crib but I know I could find something else. I could do better. You know what I'm saying? My mom ain't raised no dumbass. So, me and my man hit the Navy recruiter. Signed up for that shit. We smoking weed crazy as hell at that time, right? So, we don't know shit about the military. You know what I'm saying? Dude, like, yeah, you had to take a drug test. You're gonna have to blah, 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 blah. We like, man, what? You know what I mean, nah, we smoke. Like, I ah, don't worry about it. It shouldn't affect you. And this bastard taking me down there. I failed a drug test and then had to go on some waiver, had to wait like six months or whatever. So it fucked up me and my man going into the military together. But on the flip side, what it did allow was for my man to go into the military, me to catch up once it was my, once my six months was over, catch up, get into the military, do boot camp, get to where he at. By the time all that happens, he's already set up a crew for us. You know what I'm saying? So when I get out of boot camp, make it down to Pensacola, Florida, he got to do from New York, he got to do from Chicago, he got to do from the D.C. Virginia area, he got to do from here, there, and everywhere. But it was like it it resembled us back home, the way we used to move the people back home. But it was like it was easy because by the time I got there, he had talked me up so much, them dudes felt like they knew me right so one of them one of my brothers to this day his name is the messiah he was a rapper you know what i'm saying and my man when i got there my man was like yo jay this this is my brother Ari, i was telling you about he crazy on the mic jay was like yo spit something i spit something i told him yo spit something he spit something we shook each other hand and that was it every day That was my dude. And we still, like, I was was the best man in his wedding. You know what I'm saying? After we all out the military, shit like that. I be, you know what I'm saying? We send messages back and forth every day. You know what I'm saying? Every day during the week and shit. Like, that's my bro. So, man, we started killing shit together. You know what I'm saying? We go places, freestyling. We down, you know, the beaches in, in Florida and shit, freestyling. Messing with little Spanish chicks, freestyling. You know what I'm saying? All types of shit. Again, we still copping singles, writing rhymes. We putting tracks together just honing our style was he was super crazy like I thought I was super crazy with the freestyles he was super nuts with the freestyles which made me get better and then with us two standing next to each other it was a wrap he was Muslim Dan and the majority of my family Muslim you know what I'm saying so we became the verbal Taliban we had we had a name prior to that I believe when he's in Florida but we wound up getting stationed in Hawaii together in Hawaii, we was a verbal Taliban. We was murdering everything, you know what I'm saying? Like, we locked the studios down. We had shows, um, doing all types of shit. We running up to people shows, trying to challenge them in the middle. We made some good friends like this, but in the middle of these dudes on stage rapping, we try to snatch the mic. I kill you, I kill you, you know <laughs> All this wild, dumb shit, you know, as hungry as MCs that's in the military, but we all still from in the cities and, you know what I'm saying, certain backgrounds, so we was hungry, bro. And, uh, no matter where we went somehow, some way, man, we'd always wind up rhyming. Then you know, you started getting off for of these little deals here, there, and everywhere. And I was kind of skipping around and I'm gonna circle back, but it's just like within the military, because you, you, you went a spot two to three years at a time by the time you establish yourself in that one joint, it might be time to go. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, from, from pensacola to colorado to hawaii to you know i'm saying like all over these places you know i'd go individually or me and my peoples go together but we would always get shit moving and then it'd be like damn three years up now we got new orders now we going somewhere else so you know i had to um in colorado i had to pass up a um uh independent deal with uh these wu-tang affiliates out there um Wu-Tang was, you know, they, they was big everywhere, but a lot of people didn't know they had certain sectors in different places. And uh, when I was in Colorado, man, you know what I'm saying, that's when I really honed my real battle skills. That's when I went out there and I just said, you know what, anytime I see a flyer for a battle, I'm getting in it, win to lose. That's the only way I'm going to get good. And I never, in, in the state of Colorado, I never lost a battle that I was in. You know what I'm saying? And even though I was in the military and I had certain people that I rode with, I would only take three people with me two of my dudes and the mother of my kids you know what i'm saying she wasn't the mother of my kids back then but she is now but that was it i'd be battling. so my very first battle out there it was me against 15 other dudes and i i wound up winning but everybody that was there was from colorado you know what i'm saying and it was just me and three people and i did them dudes so dirty that the like everybody in that bitch had you know had, he won you know what i'm saying like These my peoples, but that kid right there smoked all of y'all. You know what I'm saying? It was like that type of shit, man. And then once I started doing that, it gave me the confidence to, like, all right, cool. I could do the battle shit and I could do the writing and and recording. So then we started upping the recording game even more. Now, everywhere we went, we find the studios, yo, how much, how much an hour? But what if I get a block of 20 hours? What's the price then? You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. So we do that everywhere we went. You know what I'm saying? We wound up in Hawaii together again. And, uh, you know, um, I think at that point I was married. We started bombing on mixtapes, doing little shows here and there and shit like that. And then um, got offered a independent deal, me and my man. At the time I was married, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you always got that person in, the, uh, in your ear with shit, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, I got talked out of signing the deal, which, eh, good or bad, you know what I'm saying? My man went on and did I told him, like, no, don't do this shit. Which, which, uh, which, 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 uh, which label was it? So At the time, me. this was uh, this was uh, Goodfellas Entertainment, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Out in Hawaii. It was um, uh, a cat named Brooklyn. Well, his, his real name was Chris. Um, but he was from Brooklyn, so that was, you know what I'm saying? That that was his shit, Brooklyn. Uh, my man, Tariq. They ran the Goodfellas shit. Um, both was in the military, but, you know, um, military is like a fraternity, man. You know what I'm saying? When you get in it and you start locking in with people, you know, you never know where shit going to take you. So, my man wound up signing with them uh, independently, but we still, like, every mixtape they did, I was on it, multiple joints. We, They booked studio time. I go down there, you know what I'm saying? We drank and we smoking, doing all this and that. And, um, you know, they made they made a good amount of money off of this shit, but it wasn't enough to where I felt like, damn, y'all, I really missed out on something because I was still with them. I just wasn't signed on paper, you know what I'm saying? Um, But it also taught me... Sometimes, man, you got to take a leap of faith. You can't let nobody talk you out of something. If, if you feel it, like even if you have to go through the hardship, you can't let somebody else talk you out of something. You might have needed to walk in that space to get the knowledge. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, we left Hawaii. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think one, I got stationed here or something like that. And then, you know, a couple years later, got out of the military. My man got stationed somewhere else, got out the military, but we we never lost touch, you know what I'm saying? Um, like I said, they're my peoples to this day. But each each step on the military path, which led me to this D.C., Virginia, Maryland area. Um, both, So, yeah, both of my uh, – I had a son in 2000 and a son into the end of 2001, like September 2001. Um, So the one that most people see, you know what I'm saying, up and down on my IG, that's little Ari. His older brother lives. Um two, three hours down further in Virginia with his uh with his stepdad and his mom. Um but <clears throat> you know, now I'm a father. Now I'm in the military, but I'm thinking about getting out, you know what I'm saying? Um I'm looking at the money in DC. I'm looking at all right, now I now I was making beats a little bit. Like I knew how to make beats because I was just part of the trajectory of becoming an artist but I wasn't taking it serious. It was strictly rhyming. So when I got here, I said, All right, you know what? I know how to make beats, but I don't really want to do that. I want to get so, in... So what year was it, by the way?
0: Oh, when I got wait, here? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I got here in 04. So Little okay. Ari was three at this point. Um, yeah, because I left Hawaii... I left Hawaii in '04. I was in Hawaii from 01 to 04. So I got here. And... Um, it's like, all right, I'm almost at, like, my 10-year mark in the military. Um, I'm looking at the money that the military pays you, and I'm looking at the money that the civilian world pays you. I live I live in Virginia. I work in D.C. My man that I'm about to start this group with lives in Maryland. So I'm driving to all three of them, right? You know what I'm saying? So now I'm even thinking, like, all right, cool. Send up jobs out here in this in this area where if I do decide to get out the military – then boom. All right, cool. But now, luckily for me, the last two years in the military, I wound up having—I wound up fucking my foot up. You know, that's a story for a different time. But I wound up having to get surgery in the Navy two years in a row. Right now, what that did was put the bug in my ear. Like, okay, cool. You done got two surgeries two years in a row in the Navy. See if you can fuck around and uh, get out the military and get VA benefits for the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? Once I realized that that shit could happen they was trying to impose all this other wild, nut-ass military shit on us that I just really wasn't trying to do that had more incentive to get out now. You know what I'm saying? So, But now it's like, still, I'm a father. You know what I'm saying? I got some responsibilities. I don't have nothing lined up, but I think I'm in a good enough area that and I have a clearance. I got all this other wild shit behind my clearance and my name in this particular IT field. I think I'll be alright when I get out. And If not, fuck it. I'll go find a studio, start getting this music shit popping, and try to take it serious if I got to do that, right? So, you know what I'm saying? Link up with a dude out here, and we started a group. Well, we didn't actually start a group yet. We started testing out the water, making tracks, right? He lived all the way, like Addison Road, Capitol Heights, Maryland. I lived in Burke, Virginia. It's like an hour, hour and a half drive, you know what I'm saying? Or it's about an hour, hour and fifteen depending on what metro train you take, you know what I'm saying? But I was willing to drive, hop the train, everything I needed to do to do the music shit. It just so happens, the cat, that I, and it was funny, man, the, the way I hooked up with homie, um, still my man to this day. We went through our grown man shit, too. Um, but that's still my bro to this day. But when I moved to this area, because I didn't really know all the hot spots, I knew I could probably just go to D.C. and find them. But this is when OK Player, in the early 2000s, OK Player was huge in the underground hip-hop community. So, bro, I literally went to OK Player and uh, created a post that said, yo, new to the DMV, and I get busy. Right? You know what I'm saying? And then, like, within the description, just say, yo, I'm from here. This is where I've been. This is what I do. Looking for some cast that You know what I'm saying? Like, to do music. Like, this style of music. Boom, 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 boom. Holla!" at me. Two cats um, got back to me. I, it wound up being more after a while, but the first two I decided to take a chance on. You know what I'm saying? Um, one of them happened to be this dude named Apex. And they said he was originally from Jersey. Some, some, some. He lives in Maryland. So me being from Philly, Jersey right there, my oldest son, Makai, he was born in Patterson, New Jersey. So I have, you know, like a connection to Jersey. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to see what this dude talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So we link up, because um, I don't even think I heard anything of his at that moment. It was just like, fuck it, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm going out on faith, bro. So I took the long-ass drive all the way out to um, Addison Road, Capitol Heights. Walk up in there. We shake hands. We dab it up. Blah, 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 blah. You know, talks a little while. Introduce me to his wife, this, that, and the third. We go to the goddamn studio room. This motherfucker hits play. And it was some of the illest shit i ever been in a room with. You know what I'm saying? And and my whole crew gets busy, like, at the time back home. Um, but the shit that he had, this goddamn um, MP, so it was funny. This was 2005, I think, now. And he was using the MPC 60 And it was the most beautiful shit you would ever hear. But it was the grimiest, most dirtiest of the boom bat ever, bro. And every time he would play a beat. I wanted to kill everything and everybody. <laughs> like, so run that back. And then I just start freestyling. Going, going, going. He played another one. I start going, going, going. So we fucking um we wind up saying, all right, you know what? Let's just see where this shit goes. So he was just feeding me beats. And literally, I'm taking this hour and a half drive or hour and a half train ride one way about four times a week. It, like four days out of seven, bro. Like, put my seed to bed. Kiss my wife at the time. Yeah, I'll be back. You know what I'm saying? I'm going out Maryland. We, you know what I'm saying? damn, you know. So I start going up there, and we just start making shit, making shit, making shit, making shit, making shit. Next thing you know, man, I got a whole damn solo album called uh, "The Many Sides of Mental." It was I wanted to show I get busy on the mic. It don't matter what beat you throw at me. You know what I'm saying? I can do whatever. I can make a song. I can do this. I can do that. Right. And it was also an ode and a tribute <clears throat> to uh, Many Faces by Tracy Lee, who was one of my – and, and I actually know Tracy Lee now too, which is crazy. But he knows. that's That album that he dropped, just represent for Philadelphia, that should change my life as far as being an MC. And there's a lot of albums that do that. But the way he had six, seven different characters on one project, and it was all him, it just showed, like, you could really do something else with music, right? So that's what the many sides that meant to us. It was like, I'm a father. I'm a half and half street dude. I'm a military dude. I'm a funny ass individual. I got skill. I'm intelligent. I wanted to showcase everything. And just overall, I get busy. You know what I'm saying? So we wound up, um, we wound up creating that album. And to this day, it's probably... One of my favorite albums, even if I didn't do it myself, um because it's so raw, it's so gritty, it's so underrated, it's so um unapologetically hip hop he was at the time, and probably still is and does he just he still makes beats, but he's he he he's he took it a different trajectory, but when you talk about the Jay Dillers, when you talk about the Q tips, the Will I Ams, the the Easy Mobies, the um the DJ premieres, of course, like I'm trying to think of who doesn't get enough credit when it comes to just the underground raw ass sound, havoc from Mob Deep, um, just that boom like the the the, the grimiest, dustiest drums you could hear of. And then the most beautiful melodic ass samples. And then somehow we would mesh together. And it would just be like, yo, this is fucking nuts right now. Right? So <clears throat> do the mini size the mental shit. Decide to form an actual group group instead of just yo, mental produced by Apex. No. Because yeah. yeah. Apex rhymed as well. Um, and, and he he at the time he wasn't rhyming as much as me but he was probably still 75% MC but 100% producer you know what i'm saying he just he was he was so ill with the beats that he didn't mind not if he didn't ever have to rap again he was cool with it like that's how nice he was with the beats but i think also the way that i rhymed um over his beats um he was like nah fuck that i got to rhyme you know what i'm saying and we just I used to call us the new Pete rock and seal smooth. Like that's how I felt about us. We was the new Pete rock and seal smooth. Like me being seal smooth, the the dominant rapper, because I'm not making the beats, but he was Pete rock because he was making the ill beats. And then he'd fucking spit a crazy ass verse. And it was like, God damn. Right. So then it was like, all right, cool. That's us former group. I didn't really know what the name was, whatever. No big deal. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think we had uh, my man Two-Tone Jones. And at the time, I forget how we met Two-Tone. I think Apex might have met Two-Tone, Two-Tone first. And then I met Two-Tone. Probably had something to do with weed or something, man. You know, weed had a lot of do and a <laughs> lot of shit back then. I'm just thinking, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you be smoking the blunt with somebody the next thing, you know, you, had a, you got a whole project lined up or something. So it probably has something to do with weed. But somehow, some way, man, Two-Tone gets ad- added into the mix. And he does a couple of scratches for us on a couple of joints. And the shit was so cold, bro, that we was like, "All right, hold up, man. I think Tutu need to be a member of this goddamn group, cause like we already got the music, and now he coming in with the Jigga Jiggas. Oh, it's a fucking rap. Like we're about to really take over now, you know? What I'm saying? <laughs> so, man, the music just got better. We did a couple shows. We had a nice little crew. Um, man, we we, we had a crew. A uh, female named Naima, Sire I. D. Brown, myself, Apex, and um there was one other person. Oh, my man Jim Star Boots. We had a little crew. I forget what we was calling ourselves, man. Something like the Census Bureau. S- uh, census as in like sight, see, smell and taste, but the Census Bureau, so when people hear it, they would think about the people come around and audit you or whatever, right? But it was literally like census. Um and we was all super nasty at everything that we did individually. And then when we came together, you know what I'm saying? We start bombing shit. So, actual fact, we start working on the album. Um, album's going to be crazy, man. We know a lot of people in D.C., so we going to get the Poem C's on there. Patrick and D.P., that was our brothers back then. It still is to this day. Um, we had a homegirl, Naeem, on there. Um, Odyssey, so, so a lot of people don't know. Um, low Budget inadvertently, the two main members of Low Budget at the time inadvertently helped us and helped me um Odyssey helped us as a group mm. um the f- very first time we had a chance to work with odyssey and met him he 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 opened up to us like with open arms bro we, like heard the music never gave a discouraging word taught us a lot of his independent game of how he was moving and being able to go and do shows overseas and then still come home to dc and do that and go up to new york and do this um so just whenever um we asked him, you know, I think he did like three or four tracks with there's maybe even more of that. One of them, one of the tracks was for a producer overseas that we just happened to mutually know. Uh, but every time he'd ask us, to, we'd ask him to do something, he'd come through Apex Crib and do it. You know what I'm saying? And then drop knowledge on us. Um, and he was one of the first guys that we've seen, too, that had such command of his voice, he wouldn't have to do double ups. You know, like you lay your, your main vocal and then now you come back and give it the accent. He was like, yo, watch this. And he goes and he'd do that bitch on one take or a couple, but it would be just be one clean one. It would be no ad-libs, no double-ups, no nothing. He was like, yo, you just gotta learn how to command your voice. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't always need it. He's like, "I, I do, he's like, I do double up. He was like, but it's just certain beats where if you can make your voice cut through at a certain so it was just shit like that that he's teaching us, right? That at the time, we're not even really paying that much attention. But as I get older, as I got older, it would click in my head, like, all right, well, maybe on this track, I don't have to do that as much. And, you know, ironically, a couple of months ago, I had a chance to play some music for Scram Jones. And he told me the same thing. He said, Yo, your voice carries enough where you don't always have to do double ups. He was like, It cuts through the track the way it should. He was like, So, because I like, keep doing your double ups. He was like, But every now and then, just do a track, just one clean vocal. He was like, And this is Scram Jones who did this shit with everybody. Like, he's damn near a legend himself. He's looking me dead in my eye and telling me this as he's listening to my music. I was like, okay, cool. That's the shit I see was saying back in the day. Um, so yeah, man, we built up the album, took, you know what I'm saying, took a road trip down to Miami to the winter, uh, the winter music conference, linked up with a bunch of people, came back home, did some music, start shaping this album. Um, album coming out nuts, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh we wound up linking up with uh John Robinson, aka Little Sigh, getting him on a crazy joint called Music All Day Long. Um, still one of my favorite tracks to this day. Um Odyssey, Poem C's was supposed to do a joint on there. Um, a couple other people I'm probably forgetting that, that, you know what I'm saying, was supposed to hop on that track. Um, in the midst of that, you know what I'm saying, uh, <laughs> a story for another time. We gonna, we don't have to really do like a, a story time, but mental. We don't have to do just a whole separate joint where I'm <laughs> just going into wild ass stories, because I got a couple of them. So, during that time we in the group, you know what I'm saying, somehow, some way, man, um, blew Your girl's favorite Uh, color—that's what he calls himself from out West Coast. Most people know him um, as "fucking with Exile," Blue in Exile. Um, So, make a long story less long on that. He comes to the city, doesn't want to pay for a hotel. Somehow, some way, winds up staying at Apex's crib. um, Does like a EP of uh, joints with Apex. I wind up getting on two of them. All six of them songs, crazy. Nobody will ever hear them ever, unfortunately. It's a crazy story behind that it's funny now wow. it pissed me off back then, and yeah. um it fucked up my group at the time, so I will always have a a a certain uh distaste in my mouth for your girl's favorite color. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying <laughs> so and people know when, when i I'm, I'm, I'm uh I'm, that I'm, really I'm, sucks to hear that man that really sucks to hear that bro <laughs> no, trust me because th- even the four songs that I wasn't on with some of the craziest shit that that guy's ever done. That guy being your girl's favorite color, you know what I'm saying? Like hate mm-hmm. he, saying his name. Some of the craziest shit he's ever done and some of the wildest beats that my man had ever did. Um, and the two joints that I was on, I loved them. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny because when the, when all that shit, when all those songs was made, Blue wasn't really what he is now. Like he was just on fucking Drink Champs with Mickey Fax and Asher Ross. He wasn't that back then. So you know when you tell these stories to people, and then you like yo, you probably never hear them songs. Now they be looking at you funny, like, but bro, when it comes to this music shit, I don't be having no reason to lie. Like I could pull this shit up, but it caused friction in my group, and we good now. You know what I'm saying? Like as men, well, me and Apex, Um, we good now as men. And so I just I'll probably never let nobody hear it, or I'll I'll play it for people that I know will never let this shit get out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Because of what happened behind them tracks, but it was some of the craziest shit. And um it kinda made it kinda put a bad taste in my mouth. So for a while, dog, I stopped fucking with everybody on the music tip and just didn't meet. You know what I'm saying? He was the main producer of the group. So when, when we had the falling out behind this bum ass dude, um I said, you know what, man, fucking, I ain't fucking with nobody. I'ma just do me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you see me sneak that in there and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. So I had to take a step back and kind of just refocus because because I'm one of them. I have a large family, but my large blood family, me, my mom, and my grandma didn't really fuck with. So when you are my friend and you come in my inner circle and you come around my kids and come inside of my, my house, you are my family. So I'm not going to, I'm never going to do anything to snake you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't give a shit what we go through. It's That's never happening. So when we fall out over certain shit that's outside of us, like it's an outside entity type shit, I take that shit, like, really, really personal. You know what I'm saying? Just because of my upbringing and my lack of blood family. So, um, and I'm always be that way, man. It could be 20 years later. Like, you know, this dudes that we went to high school with, that if I see them in this day, they still might get their ass whooped just based off principle. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's just that's what I was taught by my mother growing up to be a man. Like, no, you got to stand on principle, no matter if you look crazy for holding a ten year grudge. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you just got to do that. So when when we get past certain points and we can come back in into the fold, that's why those songs will never get heard. You know what I'm saying? I would like people to hear it because they tough as shit. Um, you know, but um. How, how, long, how long ago was this whole situation? How, how long ago was this? Oh, eight. No, 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 no. Because I was out of the military. So. Sometime in, to be honest, and I can't remember the exact years. You no, know, was I traveling overseas? I traveled overseas from like 2010 to 2014. So maybe somewhere within there. Okay. Um, I can't remember if it was before I was really traveling and shit. I went to 45 countries in four years. Um, and I think that might've been right on the tail end of, yeah. So that might've been right on the tail end of us breaking up as a group. I think I was going, I was separating from my wife about to get a divorce. Yeah. And then I started traveling and, uh, that's funny to segue into that. When I started traveling, it made my music so much better, bro. Um, it made my music so much better, but I'm gonna get into that. So, yeah, so this happened about, I say the group probably broke up 2010, 2011, um, and it broke up before I even knew that the goddamn group broke up, bro. My man was mad at me. So yeah, this was 2010 because I caught a DUI 2010 first and last ever. Um, cause that was a fucked up situation. Uh, and that, that, would be, that's a good story. That'd be a good story for mental time. Cause when you hear that DUI story, you're going to be like, yo bro, only you could get into some shit like this. But, um, so when I was going through that DUI situation, uh, Mind you, I got a security clearance and all of this, so it's a different situation for me versus anybody else with a regular job that gets a DUI. They don't really have to worry about it as much as I did. You know what I'm saying? So I'm calling my man at the time, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I done called this dude for about two months straight. How come he hasn't hit me back yet, right? Now, I don't know nothing about any of the blue songs getting leaked, none of this shit. So I guess at the time, my best friend from, from, from the crib, you know what I'm saying, from home, I sent him the tracks that me, Blue, and Apex had did. And uh, it had been like two, 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 two and a half years since Blue and them had left D.C. The EP was made and shit. And uh, my man took it upon himself to leak it, right? And um, so I catch a D.Y. at the time. The song comes out or whatever. I don't really pay that much attention to it because I'm going through some real life shit. I could give a damn about music right now. But I'm calling my homeboy like, <laughs> like, yo, bro, I, I need to talk to you because I got a DYD of mean Two months later, he still hasn't called, and um, that with me being who I am and the type of person that again, when you my brother and I bring you into the fold, if something ain't right, I'm gonna figure it out, and we either gonna fight it out, smoke a blunt dude, like, we're gonna do whatever we got to do to figure out this issue. So, you know, what I'm saying, I wanted to call him. And he tells me, he finally picks up the phone, and I'm like, Yo, man, what's going on, dog? I've been calling you for months. Like, I got some real shit going on, and you, my folks. Like, and then he tells me about this blue shit. And, you know what I'm saying? And when he's telling me, and I'm listening to it, I'm just like, Yo, this can't be right. Like, this is my brother right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would he think I would do or I would let anybody do anything malicious to him, us, or whatever we got going on? Like, I don't really give a shit about Blue. You know what I'm saying? But you are my brother. When you went through some shit with your wife, who'd you call me? When I went through some shit with mine, who'd I call you? You know what I'm saying? Like, my door is always open. Your door is always open, that type of shit. So, you know what I'm saying? Group disbands, figure this shit out a couple months later. You know what I'm saying? No, like two, some years later, whatever, me and him fall out, eventually me and him, you know what I'm saying, piece it up and whatnot. But now he starts doing a different type of hip hop. Um, Super dope, but super abstract, but just more into like the creative genius that I always thought that he was. And unfortunately, because, and another reason why I still feel a way about that nut ass dude is because even though I knew I was a dope SMC, MC, I knew my bro who made the beats should have been recognized as one of the illest beat makers, at least in this fucking area. You know what I'm saying? And it was always important for me to the people that I'm affiliated with for them to get their shine. I'm going to always be cool. I, I'm a, it don't matter. Like Wherever I go, I can do what I do. But, you know, I put up a post the other day. Yeah, I used to be the loudest person in the room when my dudes is on stage. That's just how I am. When when we family, everybody in this bitch gonna know that that's my guy up there and he's killing it. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way so it should be, me, man. That's the way, that's it, should the way be. it should be. Yeah. yeah. So part of my reason for really still having a strong dislike for that dude, it was like, man, my bro was gonna be this shit, but you fucked our group up, which I think kind of put him on a different beat trajectory. You know what I'm saying? Because I think at that point, <clears throat> it seemed like he never really fucked with a lot of artists again after that. Like people who rhymed the single, whatever, like it was here and there. Like he linked up with uh, Stacy Epps, but Stacey Epps was the big homie. You know what I'm saying? Like his home girl from college who he actually taught how to rhyme, who introduced me two years later. So, like, though we was doing so much shit with so many people, it's fucking unreal. Priest and NoMad, that's my OG out here. Stormy unpredictable back then. Like, though we had the city unlocked. Wade Waters, Zeus and Stokes This like, bro, I could go on and on and on. So our group breaking up it not only hurt me because of like, yo, we was killing shit, but it hurt me because yo, now this dude won't get his shine because I didn't hear nothing else from him after that. And then when he resurfaced, um. He was doing a different style of beat, but I always wanted people to hear more of what we was doing at that time because, bro, they they talk, I mean, the, the people who get talked about around here, yes, in their own right, they do. But, man, if you was back in them Capital City record days when they would have the beat battles, if anybody remembers, whoever gets to see this, if anybody remembers Apex versus Unknown, that might have been the illest beat battle DC has ever had, Period. Them two dudes play some of the illest beats. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's a good full a circle around. I said the low budget inadvertently helped us out here. And I only spoke about Odyssey. Capital City Records used to do the beat battles and the little the meetups with people around freestyle and all this shit. So uh, when me and Apex was forming a group and all of that shit, we was going out and hitting all of the different spots, going out to meet people and touch people. So we found our way down to Capital City Records. And this might have been the same day that he battled Unknown. But, um, it's me, Apex, my wife at the time, my man, Jamal, his wife, Keisha Naima, which was the Naima in my crew. She was, um, multi-year slang poetry champ, female champion for DC, um, and a couple of our other crew members scattered. And, uh, nobody knows that I rhyme like that except the people I'm with and everybody doing their thing. DJ Underdog is there. Damu the Fudge Monk is there. Uh, Enoch, um, the Seventh Prophet is there hosting, um, like, like mad cats that, you know what I'm saying? This is uh back when nobody really knew that XO from Diamond District was an MC. We just thought he was the cool fly nigga with the bubble vest on. Looked like he was hustling or something. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knew that he would eventually become the animal that he is now. Why you in the corner? Like, it's mad cats that was had a name, but not like who they are now. You know what I'm saying? So, we all, this is, you know what I'm saying? 05, 06, 07, 08. So, Enoch on the mic talking and my homegirl Naima just keeps shouting out, yo, my brother Mensa was a killer. Yo, my man Mensa can rap. Yo. She doing this shit all night, bro. Like, it was even making me uncomfortable because there's a million dudes in here and we don't really know who everybody is yet. Yo, You know, we see a couple of people Cat Brown over there, you know what I'm saying? This, that, and the third. And um, finally, man, it got to a point within a battle where she had said it like when it was dead air. And um, Enoch finally, he was like, yo, He's like, all right, forget it, man. Been, Shorty been screaming all night. There's some dude named Mental, you know what I'm saying, is nice on the mic. So he turns to goddamn Kev Brown, right? <laughs> who's standing in front of his MPC. He's like, yo, Kev, man, yo, you got something? In, uh, whoever Mental is, yo, come up here, man. You know what I'm saying? You got to do your thing. Now, I'm in the back <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, come on, bro. Hold up. I'm knocking my headphones out. Bro, I'm in the back like, oh, my God, like, come on, yo. Like, don't put me on the spot. You know what I'm saying? Um, but Kev was like, you know, Kev, he just nonchalant. He just kind of looked over, shrugged his shoulders, turned the jaw on, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, shit. Next thing you know, man, here comes another crazy-ass beat just blaring through the shit. And he knocked like, you come up here. And I never forget this, man. This is when um, rock Aware had the, the clothing line and shit. And I had the ill, like, the camouflage green, like, three-quarter length rock red John had the scully on, like, an Echo Unlimited shirt, some Thames or whatever. So I looked like – I probably looked like I was from there, but I definitely had a more up north east coast look, right? So, man, I grabbed the mic. I don't even think I introduced myself, bro. I waited for the beat to come back around, and, and I just took off. You know what I'm saying? Proud, everybody just just got silent and shit, and everybody just looked and was like, "Yo, holy shit!" You know what I'm saying? And that was it. After that, man, like I just started meeting people. You, know you was that kid that did the joint over at, You know what I'm saying? Cap City Records the other week. We go somewhere. Priest and Nomad. Like I wind up, I wind up being cool with Priest and Nomad and storming them off for all of that shit. When Priest released one of his albums back in the day, he had me open up for him. Why you open up for him? And I want to say um West, Fel- West Felton, you know what I'm saying? Um That's funny. West Felton, Raheem Devon cast like that. Bro, we was doing shows with these motherfuckers when when bar none was popping before anybody knew who they was. Now look at Raheem. You know what I'm saying? Like, look what Raheem has done in the last 10, 15 years. Like, we was there at the beginning, like, at the underground spots where everybody trying to get on. You know what I'm saying? We did the Chipman Circuit in D.C., we did the bar Nods, the bohemian caverns, the D uh, uh, not bar nine, bar None, DC nine, the black cats. Like we did all of these spots. You know what I'm saying? We met all of these people, bro. Um, just just killing shit. You know what I'm saying? So you know, do the Cat City Records joint. That shit blows up. We formed the group. We put the album out. We put the mini size the mental. Well, we didn't even. We never even got a chance to put the album out. The blue shit. Dude, Like, the the blue shit fucked up so much shit, bro. Like, we, and to this day, that actually, I listen to that actual fact album, bro, about once a month for the last, I don't know, 10 years. And it's still, I don't get tired of it because I was like, yo, they don't know what we was doing back then. Like, we was cool with Blue Black from and Blue Black of the Unspoken Herd, you know what I'm saying? Um, And if anybody knows who that group is, that is my all-time favorite DC, DMV, hip-hop group. Nothing gets better than the unspoken herd. Asheru, aka Gabe, is a killer. He never gets mentioned up there. He should get mentioned with cats like Fonte. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a shit how big unspoken herd ever got or ever will be. He is a killer. Blue Black is a killer. And they're intelligent black men. You know what I'm saying? That put the youth first. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Saint Blue Black at the Million More March, and at that point we were super cool. We called his family over, introduced him to the wife, the kids. Like this is how ingratiated we was within the scene. You know what I'm saying? Um, and like still, till, still to this day, like Priest, that's my bro. Like Priest, know anything he need from me, bro? If you just need to show up to the video, like the Save the Soul video we did. Uh, he did uh, a year or two ago, right before COVID and all that shit. Yo, mental, pop up. But me and my kids out there you know what i'm saying seeing everybody that we used to get down with kokai like bro i didn't do shows with kokai back in the day um and then when i started beat battling and doing beat conductors we headline joints together a 10-year gap but it's just like shit kept coming for a circle. the more and more i kept working the more and more i kept staying busy so you know the group gets derailed i fall back do the solo shit got kind of my own. So I had an MPC 2000 XL that Apex and my bro from back home showed me how to use. So I used that for mad years, but I was still with the pen and they said, you know what, fuck it, man. I want to do music seriously, like production seriously, but my 2000 XL is sitting right next to me. It never leaves my side. That shit too heavy to keep lugging around. You know what I'm saying? This shit's like carrying a newborn everywhere you go. Bro, I didn't want to, you know, take this shit around. But I know I needed to move around. So my son, um, so in 2015, my son's mother started, uh, she was, she's a photographer um, on the side. She has a business and all that. She was teaching a little photography class. And uh, my son started going to a videography class. Um, I think we was out, we somewhere in Maryland, man. You know what I'm saying? Near the Ikea and shit like that. I forget, I forget exactly where we were, um, like Supreme Studios or something. So, man, one day I was bored waiting on him. So I look up, you know what I'm saying? Yo, we're the closest guitar center, right? You know, when you just do shit, you just every now and then it's nice to go in guitar center, bang on the keyboards and all of this shit just to kill some time, right? So I go to the goddamn guitar center to kill some time and leave with a MPC, uh, leave with a machine MK2. You know what I'm saying? I went in there just to literally kill time and spent damn near $1,000 <laughs> just off the cuff. <laughs> go back, pick my son up, excuse me, go to the crib, hook that shit up, start tinkering with it, you know what I'm saying? It was similar to the MPC as far as basically to me, a drum machine. I just need pads and I need to be able to get sounds into it. The good thing was with the machine, I didn't have to get sounds into it. I just had to literally USB this bitch up to the computer and all of the sounds are there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, Coming from the MPC, you had two ways of doing it. You could, you could MIDI up your, your keyboard and MIDI up to your interface and, you know what I'm saying, control different sounds through like cue bass, contact, and all that shit. Or you could go the old school way and literally sample straight into the MPC. So I was taught how to sample straight into the MPC when you only had like 10 seconds of sample time. So I, I know how to chop, chop, chop. Like I can chop my ass off. That's never an issue. But now with this shit here, and you you had a certain number of pads. The goddamn machine was giving me sixteen different banks, four four different banks, sixteen different pads. But each like I could chop a sample one hundred and twenty eight different ways on this pad. Then I could chop it one hundred and twenty eight different ways on that pad. So it just opened up my mind to being able to do so much other shit with the chops, um, and. The machine weighed like two ounces, bro. Like it was like carrying a Frisbee around. You know what I'm saying? The only drawback was I always needed my laptop. But that's a laptop, whatever. So they're not that heavy. You know what I'm saying? Give me a nice bag, put everything in it. You know what I'm saying? You can't even tell I got a whole studio with my shit. Got the little mini keyboard and whatnot. Um, So, you know, started taking the beat making process more seriously now. As opposed to me coming in every night like I did for years and write three rhymes a night. And when I tell you, for years, I've been writing three rhymes a night since before the military, up until 2015. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it was nothing for me to spit a million bars anybody anytime somebody had a cipher, like, they all right here. So now what I'm doing is, instead of writing three rhymes a night, I'm just making beats or trying something new every night until I got better and better and faster and faster and faster. So now it's like, all right, cool, I can really do this B shit, right? Oh shit, I I skipped the whole thing. So when I traveled from 2010 to 2014 before copying the machine in 15, I found that the iPhone had something called the iMachine. And it looked like some shit that had 16 pads. And I was like, the fuck is this? And had like a little limited number of pads. (laughs) But for those four years that I traveled overseas, I made a beat in 45 countries and five continents. So by the time I got my real machine, I already had 150 iMachine beats. So when I purchased the machine, the machine is telling me, Yo, if you got the iMachine, you can hook your phone up to your computer, dump those beats from your phone into iTunes, open up the machine, grab them shits off of iTunes and dump them into your machine and now you can flush them out. I said, whoa, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> so, bro, off the bat, <laughs> I had 150 beats that I just had to go through and just touch up now because now I got a bigger sound bank, some bigger shit, and I hear it better because I got studio monitors. Bro, I was hooked on the machine. I didn't even fuck with the MPC 2000 after that. I said, Man, you fuck me? You know I'm, saying? I'm never going backwards again. So, I literally haven't touched my MPC 2000 since then, but it never is more than five feet away from me in any studio that I build or that I put in my crib. Um, But I now have the MPC live. I bought that shit the beginning of uh, January 2020 because I've been outside with the beats for so long doing beat battles and shit that I got tired of lugging the laptop in the machine. So here, you know what I'm saying? I paid my car off December 2019. Say so, you know what? Fuck it. My Christmas and New Year's gift to myself is the NPC live, and I'll be outside with it. And in February, March, COVID hit, and we never went outside again. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I spent a thousand dollars on the machine to strictly for going outside, and we really haven't been outside again. <laughs> <Like we laughs> since. So messed my whole shit up, but it bought me. It got me back into being on the NPC. And getting back to the feel of the pads that I love and why I wanted to make beats in the first place. You know what I'm saying? So now I go back and forth between the machine and the NPC. Um, If anybody ever seen me battle, they've heard mad machine beats. I don't think not too many people have heard my NPC beats. If you hear my NPC beats, it's a whole different animal because I'm back in that grimy, hungry mode again. But the machine, it allows me to do a lot more melodic shit. I like the NPC for the the gritty-ass feel. Even though you can do... Everything I do on the machine, I can do with the MPC. Um, I'm just more. I'm still way more fluent on the machine than I am the MPC. Um, the new version of the NPC anyway. But you know, um, circling back around, dog. Like I started beat battling for the beat conductors. I don't know, man. Maybe 2017, maybe something like that. 2017, 2018. Um. New new Olo for a long time, prior to me jumping in the battle. Um, jumped in the battle because my man Gadget from uh, Scratch Magazine TV and from my crew the Dirty Old Men called me one day. Texted me and said, "Yo, man, Olo, look, need somebody to battle." And, and Gadget, I hadn't battled at that point, but I think me Gadget had to talk. That I said I wanted to be battled, and he's 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 been in my crib filming me, so he's heard my beats, right? So he hits me and says, yo, bro, you want to battle for O? And I said, all right, cool, man. Yeah, tell O I do it. Tell him to call me, whatever. So he calls me. And then I was hooked on battling, bro. Like, once I got in that first battle, I was hooked. Um, My very first battle, I came in second place. Um, And that shit stroked my ego. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yo, all right, cool. Every beat I played, the whole fucking place erupted. And that was my first time really getting beats heard outside in in the setting like that. And to come in second off my first one. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm here now. Like I got, I, I can, they love my peace. Like crazy. So I started battling and battling and battling and battling and battling. Now we wound up in Brooklyn. I'm battling. We wind up in South Carolina. I'm battling. We back in DC, we in Virginia, we in Maryland. You know what I'm saying? But I haven't won a battle yet. Uh, but what I do is I take advantage of every opportunity, right? So I've come in most of my battles I've come in second to third. There's been a few that I got taken out early. Um but the majority of the times like I can go the distance, I'll be in the top 3. But a lot of times what happens is man in some of these battles I don't really need the the, the whatever pro I don't need that reel to reel that you're giving out or I don't need that particular keyboard or I don't need that Digi-O-O workstation because I don't even use pro tools like that. You know what I'm saying? I use, you know, Reaper. And and other other means and shit like that. Yeah. So the prizes and winning was never really my ultimate goal. Of course, we all want to win, right? And it used to piss me off when I didn't. Like, don't get it twisted. I'll be mad as shit. <laughs> and people will tell you when it on the days that I'm battling, before I battle, I'm not really the most pleasant. And I'm not really trying to be. I'm in a zone. Like I come from the MC battle shit. So it's a whole different mind state. And I'm from Philly, home of the aggressive ass individual. You know what I'm saying? So off top, I'm mad confrontational. I'm mad aggressive. I'm a fucking alpha male. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm all of this shit. And now I'm in a setting where I'm gonna try and kill you over there. Yeah, yeah, dat me up. I'm, I'm going outside to smoke. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't really got time to be talking. I need to formulate some shit. Listen to my beats. Get my shit in. But man, I've never fucking won a battle. So I would concentrate more on. You know what, this particular battle here, especially once people knew, like, okay, Mentor's a killer. He might not win, but he going black in your eye, bloody your nose, bust your lip up. Like, you're not going to win a battle with that kid again. You know what I'm saying? I started to try and do more shit like, all right, well, let me just try and get off some slick-ass beats that people might not know that I do. And so after a while, man, it really wasn't about winning at all. It was about, one, participating with my brothers because, like, I – like. Recently, I had to tell Olo, like, yo, bro, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really trying to battle anymore, but you're my brother. So I will always support you. I'll do a showcase. I'll rhyme. I'll even do, like, an exhibition where you stand me in front of somebody, but it's not really a battle. I just don't want to be in the, 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 the tournament side for prizes and shit. I'm not with that. But I'm always going to be a beat conductor. I'm always going to support you. Um, but I was the person that I don't give a fuck about the prizes. What I do give a fuck about is, hey, bro. That beat, you, you know what I'm saying, you did was dope. You tried to collab on something, work on the tape. You got, you know what I'm saying? Or, oh shit, that's Sean J. Perry right there. He made blah, blah, blah for Most Deaf and Taleb Kwali. He made this for Kama. He made that for uh, Sadat X. Oh shit, let me go holler at him. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck about that prize. I need to meet him. Fast forward however many years later, like I can actually call Sean J. Perry a friend of mine. Like he will just hit me up randomly out of the blue. Yo, mental, you good? Yeah, Yo, what's going on, Sean? Oh, no, man, just checking on you. you know what I mean, my family is going on vacation. Blah blah blah. This is Sean J. Period. Like he, the 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 creator of some of the classics that people don't, might not even know that he did. But I can call him at any time. Like it don't matter. He will pick up the phone. Yo, what's up, mental? What's going on? You know what I'm saying? Um, he's he he is a B conductor, which is the crazy part. Sean is a B conductor. You know what I'm saying? People don't really understand, like, no, he's not just at our events just because he's part of the team. Everything B Conductors does, Sean is right there. Whether he's judging, whether he's playing beats, whether he's giving us sounds to, to do shit. Ski beats is another one. I got Ski Beats name on my phone. Then did a couple of um a couple of his dojo joints. You know what I'm saying? He judged a bunch of battles. Uh introduced me to, you know what I'm saying, a friend of his that uh, I always come in contact. Two, two, two of the dudes he brought to to um my man, Sleepy Hollow Studio, my man, DJ Bones, uh, Neil. He brought two individuals to to his Sleepy Hollow Studio when he did a um a dojo class. And I, you know what I'm saying, became cool with those two dudes. Those this very same two dudes hit me up not that long ago. Yo, Messer, we're trying to work on a project, bro. It's going to sound like this. Send us some shit. Like, we know you got it. You know what I'm saying? So now, it gives me opportunity, yo, Ski, yo, good looking out, bro, for introducing me to A and B. We never lost touch, because I, you know, when I when I make relationships, I don't really be letting it known to everybody. So I don't even know if Ski knew that me and these individuals was had kept up the way that we did, because I was seeing Ski more in person, because he would come out here and do shit. But, you know, when I was like, oh, that's what's up, bro. Like, I didn't even know, like, good shit. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, now we about to put that shit into the works, Elder Sensei. met Elder Sensei at Gang of Times. Even had, yo, know, I got a picture, bro. It's my son, Elder Sensei, Sean J. Perry, and like one other person. And I was like, yo, how many people can say that their son has a picture with Sean J. Perry and Elder Sensei? And then how many people could say that I had both of those guys' numbers on my phone and they both said, yo, if you ever need anything, just call me. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I was doing with the battle shit. They were fucking about winning. Do you have Elton Sensei phone number? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Can you call Sean J. Period and be like, yo, Sean, I got an album, bro. You mind listening to it? All right, cool, man. I'm going to hit you when I get back to the area. And then he literally calls me, yo, I'm staying at this hotel. Come down to this hotel, bro. Bring that fucking album with you. And then he literally listens to the whole damn album and tells me everything that he thinks and how he thinks he can help me and shit like this. And if I, you know, it's like real shit, you know what I'm saying? Um... You know, I met uh, through the bee conductors. I just, I met not even just through the bee conductors, through the bee conductors and just moving the way that I move and moving with certain individuals. Dog, we've met so many people and have cultivated so many relationships that it's like, like, it's nuts, bro. Like I got so many crews of so many ill ass individuals like that are ill individually. But then when we all come together, we are super ill, like as a group or multiple groups and conglomerates, like it's nuts, bro. Like, and it's just off of really, I've never done anything super huge. Like I've done some pretty big shit for somebody as far as my level, but I've just been consistent in certain areas. And I've always tried to be just a good ass person. Now I'm a front than a motherfucker. Like I'm, I'm very blunt. I'm never going to just bite my tongue and hold my tongue just because I've done that enough over the years. Um, but people to know, like yo, if if somebody needs to be told something, I'm probably going to be the guy to tell them. If if everybody in the room is thinking it, I'm probably going to be the person to pull that person to the side and be like, "Yo, bro, I ain't even gonna hold you. This is some bullshit, or this is what I think." But like, but you're gonna know what 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 needs to be said. A lot of people don't respect that. A lot of people do. I just feel I need to be like that because I need to know where I stand with everybody up front. So everybody should know why they stand with me up front and what I feel about certain situations. So I don't really shy away from shit. I say the shit that most people don't want to say, whether it's diplomatic, whether I'm being an asshole, whatever. At least now you know there's a clear delineation of, you know what I'm saying, where, that, where those lines get drawn or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, But yeah, dog, so that, that was always my thing. I don't give a fuck about winning. And yeah, in the beginning it was pissing me off, but when I, when I would look back and see, well, you know what? You did this and the winner of that battle didn't. Or you did that and the winner of that last battle didn't, it made me feel better about not winning. You know what I'm saying? Because in the, in the long run, I feel like I actually won some shit. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and still all of those battles got me more opportunity to do other shit because people would see me. And then there's people still to this day, some, some past judges that still, yo, bro, I don't know how you ain't won that battle. Yo, they screwed you on that last battle. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, eh, shit happens for a reason, man. You know, But as long as you thought I won, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? And when you start putting all that type of shit in perspective, man, you really don't need all those acc- accolades. I just need y'all to know that I'm dope. I don't give a shit about winning. You want to beat now? Cause, because you know why? Another thing, too, with the beat battle shit, yeah, that's all said well and good, but a lot of those beat battle beats, the artist is not going to do a track over them. singing or rapping because you got so much shit going on in the beat. There's no room for them. And people are telling yeah. me, when I beat battle, my beat at the minimum has four different change-ups. If you give me 60 seconds, you're getting four different sequences. It might sound like four different beats, but it's all the same shit. But I'm trying to maximize my time. You know what I'm saying? But now, when it comes to song mode, I need an intro, two or three chor- uh, two or three verse parts, and a chorus. Maybe a bridge or something. But it's more structured. I don't have to be all over 30 seconds here, the beat's now flipping. Or I'm going to drop the drums out crazy here. And then act. Nah, man, the artist is trying to find something that they can paint on. You know what I'm saying? I'm just supposed to provide the fucking canvas. So that's what I do now, man, and that's what I prefer to do. I still got the head shakers. I still got the neck, you know what I'm saying, the snap your neck joints. But I also just got some shit that if you hear it, you would be like, yo, Mental did that? Because it ain't boom back. I got some trash shit. I got some R&B shit. I got some old country hip-hop like. I'm just a producer. You call it producing, call it beat making, whatever. But I don't want to get pigeonholed into just boom back. And it be pissing me off sometimes when people do that. Because it's like, all right, man, you keep saying that. Then nobody's ever going to know I do something different. You know what I'm saying? So now, and my boys even telling me, they was like, yo, man, for like a week, my, my man said it to me the other day, for for uh, a week, man, you need to act like a young nigga. I said, yo, what you mean? He said, nah, that boom back shit, cool you do, bro. He was like, but that trap shit you just made the other night. He said, you might be able to get the team as first real placement. If you step out of that shit that you do and apply it to the trap shit, you're going to take over because it's just the sounds that I pick, bro. Like, I'm not the best trap drummer. I just know how to pick the good trap drums, but I'm still going to flip the sample and put everything else together the way I normally would. It's just at a different tempo. The hi-hats is doing something different. But when you hear the sounds and the textures, you're going to be like, oh, okay, there it is right there. That's mental. You know what I'm saying? More so than just boom back. Um, I think it's more of a feel, bro. Like, you know, I just produced something for um, my man Drew Skywalker and Limbo Child, and it, it's probably the most, the 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 best thing I've ever produced. You know what I'm saying? And it's the way Drew came on, killing it with the raps and his voice, and then the way Limbo just put these vocals over it, bro. It just it made me really say, you know what? I don't really need to chase big placements and big name artists the people I'm affiliated with is super ill enough. And I'm super ill, like, cause I'm still a killer on the mic too. But I'm also a killer on the beats now, but just the different groups that I'm a part of and everything that we could accomplish. The only thing I, re- I personally need to chase is syncs, licensings, commercials, TV, podcasts, you know what I'm saying, porn, whatever. But it don't, I don't need to chase you artists anymore cause I got enough and I'm one myself. And uh, I think at that point, man, at this point, that's what I'm trying to teach my crew. Like the million stories that I have and the the shit that I've been through with the music and dealing with people and the military and shit is just, it's the older I get, the more, um, I think the more focused I get, but it's more, it's like, I was always focused, but it's more focused with the purpose, if that makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, You know, it was always like my, most people that know me from growing up and now i've never been one to ever want a major record deal i always wanted to be the independent guy but raucous records was popping i wanted to be on raucous um you know when you see the griselda's when you see how the south was moving independently when you see how jt the bigger figure and uh e40 and them was moving out in the bay and shit like that and it was like yo that's what we need we don't need a major backing we just need people behind us like the actual people but we could do everything ourselves put the product out and take off from there so now that's what me and most of my crews is about now independence and using the platforms and shit to get where we're going because we all have enough knowledge we all been through enough situations Uh, we've all been screwed um to where we know better now and it's easier for us we can get locs we can get trademarks we can get all these different things set up and then just boom now we are gone but i don't need to chase this particular there, there are a few artists that i do want to get certain shits to i ain't gonna hold you but like every contest we see now whenever, a when a you know a placement mobile so and so we used to be like yo hit everyone but after hearing some of the music that we've been making lately bro i was telling my crew the other night uh i'm gonna still go for a few but for the most part that we could just get our own shit out and then get some licenses some syncs tv commercial video games we good man we good, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And that's more money that way anyway. You know what I'm saying? The producer doesn't really go on tour. You know what I mean? Like, how many producers actually go on tour with the artist? But the artist is doing all the music over all of the producers' beats. Unless you're actually a part of the group, like Gangstar. Premier was on tour because he was part of the group. But how many tours is Metro Boomin really going on? Because he produces for so many people? probably just at the crib, you know what I'm saying, just counting royalty checks. So, you know, at that point, it was like, hey, man, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a always rhyme, but I'm always do this music shit. I'll, I'll be, um, what's my name, Quincy Jones. I'll be 75 years old, you know what I'm saying, still making beats and shit. I probably won't be rapping at that point, but I'm still make beats, you know what I'm saying? I'm still make beats, you know, and that's probably how most of my crews will be. We'll, we'll get there eventually, but we're going to do it on our own time and our own way. But we almost did, to be honest with you. Hell
0: yeah, man. <clears throat> so what is coming down the pipeline with you, man? What 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 can everybody expect like hmm. from this point forward going into it? Um to the future.
1: Dope ass music, man. But but on a more um serious answer tip, um my man Drew about to drop the uh the Brown Bomber. Um very shortly I got a joint on there. Um couple of our crew members is on there. Um, so you can check that I'm working on, um, well, I got I got a couple of groups, man. Soul Chabu Combo, if that's the home team, that's always going to be the foundation. Dirty old men. Um, that's my crew out here. One of my crews out here. Well, We everywhere from goddamn, uh, uh, from Michigan to DC, man, we everywhere. We actually just lost, um, unfortunately, rest in peace, uh, that blessed girl and rest in peace, black mad. We lost two of our, um, yeah, two of our two of our family members dog like back to back within a couple of weeks of each other. Recently, had both of their funerals recently. Um, but you know, uh, me a uh, me Agent Smith and JB Swift from the Dirty Old Men. were working on an album called Triple the Trouble, um, and it's basically them two making the beats, me holding down the MC duties and bringing folks along with me for the ride. Um, that's an immediate album that you know we're in the process of working on. <clears throat> My group, the collaboratives. Um, we are that's the group that you know we about to start chasing these sinks and shit like that. Um we we man, we been on FaceTime damn near every night, bullshitting around, but working on music, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm working on Beast, they're working on Beast. I'm playing shit in the background, they're like, yo, send me that. They play shit. I'm like, yo, send me that. So, you know, that's how the Drew Skywalker and Limbo song came about. We just passed the shit back and forth. So me and me and a couple of them, outside of what me and Drew and Limbo just did, we um uh, we working on some 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 projects, man. Um they got me doing different shit. And it's cool because with a group like that, um, if I need somebody else to do anything, yo. Here go, go a drum loop. Somebody add some bass line and then pass it to somebody else. Add some guitar. Pass it to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have a whole goddamn conveyor belt of shit. My man Rob plays instruments and whatnot. Um, so there's been a few times I'm like, yo, Rob, I need you to, uh here, here's, here's my drums and my sample. I need you to give me a bass line. You know what I'm saying? And be like, all right, how's this sound? So we'll sit on the phone and I'll FaceTime and shit. Um, One day, Rob is making the beat. And this is right after Black Math passed away. And I was just kind of in, like, a, I was in a mood. But he starts making the beat. And um, I wound up turning into, like, the goddamn beat conductor myself. I said, no, 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 bro. Switch them drums. Do this. And then I made the noise with my mouth. No, 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 bro. Switch the bass line. Yo, when well, you got the bass line doing this, make it do that. Yo, the key, yo, now we need some type of keys coming in. And about 30 minutes later, man, my man Frank, who's making the beat, also, he lifts his head up. and He's like, yo, what the hell are y'all doing? And I was like, it sounds crazy, don't it? He was like, yeah. What is this? I was like, man, Rob was over here making the beat, and I just dissected it and turned it into something different. And I'm literally telling him, no, take that out, add this, blah 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Make the make the baseline do this. You know, I'm making all these weird ass noises with my mouth and shit. But he's like, yo, like this. Next thing we know, man, it's crazy. So we we do that type of shit. Um, so we got that. Um, so that's the, the collaborators we working on shit. Triple the Trouble is going to be the next thing probably coming from Dirty Old Men besides some other Dirty Old Men projects, but um, uh, uh, what else, man? Um, I just did a song. Well, I just did a beat. So I had the chance to work the National Cannabis Festival at RK Stadium about two weeks ago. I uh, produced a, um, a MC Battle tournament for them, and uh, I just produced a song that um, two of the people that were in that that tournament um, wanted to beat my man Shamir was like, "Yo, mental, you got some creative trap?" And I was like, "Probably, but let me cook up something." I cooked up some shit for them the other night. Sent it to him and uh, this female named Ace of Spades, who's super dope, um, Alicia May, um, super dope. Ace of Spades is super nice, and Shamir won is is super crazy. So they' about to do that. Um, and then yeah, man, I'm just trying to. You know, I'm 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 trying to get to my solo album. Oh, we just uh my man, my my man Killer Twelve, Killer Beats and shit. He just dropped the um Hey Arnold mixtape. It's him doing all the beats, but me and the youngins, and I say young'ins, they like 30 something younger, um, controlling all the duties. This album mostly all the DSPs right now. Hey Arnold the mixtape. Gotta cover Hey Arnold. Um, so we just dropped that. Uh I'm on a couple albums outside of those crews coming up. Uh, man Bites Dogs Records out here. Um, I put in a lot of work with with them. Um, I'm cool with the owner Ryan. I'm cool with uh, like Count Fifth. That's my bro. Um, Impulse. That's my man. A bunch of other people. You know what I'm saying? So I got, I got, I got tracks with some of the producers from Man Bites Dog. I got some tracks with you know what I'm saying some of the artists on Man Bites Dog. But I'm on multiple projects for them. Um, Count Fifth joint going to vinyl. Um, Kanan from, um, most people might know him from like the Beat Era. Little group on which I'm going to call it. We got joints with Sadat X, uh, Sadat X, Seal Smooth, me and my man North Beast. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I got some shit coming, bro. Like, one of the joints for Cal Fifth is featuring Nine from back in the day. So, I'm, I'm on track some legends now. Like, Nine, Seal Smooth, Sadat X. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you can't. Like, the shit that I be doing on the low that people don't even know I be doing, man, be so fucking rewarding because it's staying true to, true to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's true to that hip-hop that I love. And it just lets you know, like, I don't put out a lot of material, and that's probably my downfall. But at the same time, I still get calls. Like, that, one is, is for being, you know, quote, unquote, I guess, a dope individual as far as music. But I'm also a cool-ass dude. Like, I don't just be out here just doing excuse me, wild, flagrant shit to people and, you know what I'm saying, bring that bad karma and whatnot, like I said, I'm straightforward, I can be an asshole but I'm a man and, I, it, like, when I'm a man and you a man, I feel we could go through certain shit as men and then come back, so you know, a lot of shit happens for me in a in the, in the positive light because I try and keep it that way with people you know, and then when I, you know a couple of my dudes can attest when I fuck up or I feel that I fucked up, even you might not feel I fucked up, but if I feel like, alright, you know what Maybe I said it too much, or maybe I said this in a certain tone, and this person might take it that way. Like, I, For the last couple of years, I've been making it a point to you like, yo, my bad, dog. I ain't mean it like that. This is what I actually meant. But you know me. I'm abrasive. I'm going to speak off the cuff first. You know what I'm saying? But I'm also trying to let people know, like, if you hear something and you think I was coming sideways, look at our relationship. If our relationship is solid, then you should know I'm not coming at you. If our relationship is shaky, maybe, but I'm still a man, I'm most likely going to say your name. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm never scared of no no wreck, no nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know, um, as men, we got to man up more. And that means, one, taking some shit that someone says, whether it's aggressive or not, take it for what it is. Listen to the message. Listen to what that person's really saying. Don't just get caught up in the feelings of, oh, why are you talking to me like that? Yo, did you hear what I said, bro? You know what I'm saying? But then at the same time, when that shit does happen, be able to be a man and be like, yo, my bad, bro. I still meant what the hell I said. I probably could have just said it a little nicer. You know what I mean? Or you, you only quote half of the, the, the conversation and the shit like that, man. So, <clears throat> you know, I say all that to say um, shit happens and and, and it, it and certain things fall into place for me. But I just think it's because overall, man, I don't really deal in bad karma. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, Hopefully most people will say that, like, mental is a stand-up dude. He going to say some shit that might piss you off, but you know where he's stand. and if y'all people, he going to have your back to the fullest. Now, that's just how I am. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, but I'm also that type of person. If I see that this relationship is one-sided, when I catch up on it, my fallback game is super strong. I'll be done fell back so far, you won't even notice that I'm gone until you be like, oh, shit. I was just talking to mental and I realized I haven't talked to him in six months. Yeah, because that last shit you said was some bullshit or when I asked (laughs) you to do, you know what I'm saying? Or like whatever, like you ain't going to get too many opportunities, man. Like people have used and abused my kindness and my love for them for far too long. And that's what COVID kind of taught me too, bro. Like when you do shit for a lot of people and then, you know, everybody went through what they went through with COVID, right? So there's a lot of people that I haven't talked to since COVID started on a regular, but I know when I talk to them again, it ain't nothing because that's the fan. He grown, I'm grown, they got this going on, she got that going on, like whatever. So there's certain there's certain situations where it ain't never going to be no issue. But there's also certain situations where it's like, look, motherfucker, you was in my car. You was in my crib. You did this, you did that. I supplied this, I supplied that. You got drunk, passed out on your feet in D.C. I held you up. You, you know what I'm saying? So there's certain things that I can look people in the eye and be like, where did we go on? Because it wasn't on my side. You know what I'm saying? Then you hear certain shit from other people like, yo, so much so say he don't fuck with you. I ain't never give that person a reason to say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, for real? Oh, that's that's interesting. Why he telling you? Why he comfortable to tell you? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm one of them. I'm looking at everything from every angle. Like, okay, cool. He comfortable telling you some shit like that because you probably done said some shit too. So now I need to check both of y'all. You know what I'm saying? They're like, I am. Like, there's, there's, there's people right now that I have so much love for that as soon as I see them outside, we got to have a conversation. I done heard too much, bro. And you've been acting weird lately. You know what I'm saying? And like, And I just want to know why because me and you ain't never had no issues. I see you I fuck with them over there and I'm cool with that. And fuck with them. I don't care. But me and you ain't never had no issues. You know what I'm saying? So it's that type of shit, man. But, you know, that also rubs people the wrong way that I don't let nobody get over on me. I won't let nobody talk behind my back. You know what I'm saying? But it's like I'm grown. I got kids. Why would I let somebody do yeah. that? Like, <laughs> don't be mad at me because I approached you you shouldn't have said the dumb shit you know what I'm saying and that's just where I'm at in my life bro like I don't have time the older I get I need to be happy at all times yeah. so when it comes to male or female relationships like yo it's just to a certain point where enough is enough you either gonna show and prove or you not because I'm always I'm always standing on everything ten toes down that's why my post said yo I used to be the loudest one in the room and then I realized when it's my turn the room is quiet as shit why? How could I be this loud by myself? And now, when I'm on stage by myself, I don't hear shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's that type, like in all aspects of all relationships, bro. Like, you know, if you're not holding your own, if you're not, um, man, my dog moving the damn camera stand, if you're not, um, you know, actively trying to improve you and the people around you we probably not going to rock out for that much more longer in there because that's all I'm ever trying to do. Whether it's just some motivation, you know what I'm saying? Or, yo, how can I help? You know what I'm saying? Some advice, some whatever, some money, that money shit is dead too. I done gave away too much money and never seen it back. So that shit dead. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, you can come stay in my basement or whatever, but I ain't just giving out money like that no more. So just a couple <laughs> people that, you know what I mean? But, you know, I got seized the rage, bro. I got dependence. I don't need any adult dependence in my life, like, period. And that's where I'm at with it. You know what I'm saying? The only adult dependent I'ma have is my mother, and that's just because she's my mom, and it's only right. You know what I'm saying? She held me to help down, so I hold her down. But if you want to fuck, if you an adult, you know, nine times out of ten, bro, you gonna have to crash and burn on your own. Now, there are people that's that's probably watching this, and they know that I'm not talking to them. Like, that's you know what I'm saying? That's that's. That is, it is what it is. I know how we rock. And I know when I'm down and out, I know where I can go stay. I know who I can call. I know who's going to come through. But I also know that there's people that I've held down for way too fucking long that if I get in a bond right now, they're not, they probably won't even pick up the phone and be like, yo, bro, is you cool? You know what I'm saying? Like when you can't even pick up the phone and ask somebody like, you know, when Mav died, when BG died, there's people that I expected to pick up that fucking phone because they know I don't handle death. Well, like as just as a whole, I don't handle death. Well, and then especially when it's somebody close to me, when certain people ain't pick up the phone, that's showing my right here. And then you have people that I ain't seen and physically spoken to in 10, 12 years, catch one of some shit and then somehow contacted somebody to get my phone number because they know I don't deal with death. Well, it's like, yo, I ain't talking to you in 10. How the fuck you get this number? Yo, bro, they said someone so passed away. I knew that was your man. I knew this person over here had your number. Now we talking. I appreciate that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Like that. But this person over here that I literally gave my last to, fucked up my own bills to make sure you were straight. You couldn't even pick up the phone and be like, yo, you good, man? You know what I'm saying? Like, we might not be fucking with each other on the level we used to right now, but yo, are you good? That's all I be asking. You know what I'm saying? I don't ask nobody to do nothing for me. Just every now and then, who going to help the helper and check on your strong friend? You know what I'm saying? Like, on some real shit, check on your strong friend. Because your strong friend probably going through more shit than you know. Because he's helping everybody the fuck else. You know what I'm saying? So, that's where I'm at at this point in my life, bro. Like, you know, if we not benefiting each other. You know what I'm saying? If the relationships ain't 50-50, I don't really know what to say no more. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've literally given my last to people. And it's literally got me nowhere but further in debt. Now I got to figure out my own shit because I can't call that motherfucker. I just gave my last to. know. Which then makes me go harder at the music because yeah. now I can get out my aggression. Now the music don't talk back. The music listens to everything I got to say. It don't interject. It don't interrupt. You know what I'm saying? It let me scream. It let me call it names. It let me cry. Like, whatever I need to do in this fucking basement studio I got, I can get it all off right here. So it just gets me further into my music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just dig in, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, eventually shit gonna pay off. So, you know, that's just, that's just why I am in life, bro. Like, you know, if we not moving forward, I'm not going backwards no more. I'm cool on that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't keep going backwards to do anything. So, you know, it's keep this music moving forward, keep these kids moving forward. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, that's it, bro. Like, just keep on trying to keep on. <laughs> <Hell> yeah, <man. laughs> keep on trying man, to beat the men- Mental, mental.
0: I think um, th- this episode to me is like crazy. Cause I, and I, hope, I hope everybody listening to this episode, like, just got more than like a hip hop story. Like, you spoke about life, you spoke about your circle, the, the, like, the. The power of having a circle that's going to make you a better person. You covered growth, seeing things from different angles. I mean, you're, you're talking about life things tonight, you know. And I think it's beautiful. I, just, yeah. I think it's necessary to hear that, you know. And, and I think it's cool that hip hop can do that to people, you know. And um, you're yeah. a very rare individual, man. You're a very powerful person to listen to, man. So this man, is an awesome man. man. episode, yeah, man. Hell like,
1: yeah, you yeah! Gotta give you, gotta
0: give you flowers, man. Gotta give you your flowers, man. You're you're a very important individual, you know. And even though you're behind the scenes, I just feel. You're important, you know? You gotta get your flowers. I appreciate man. So it, I'm man. giving you I'm giving you your flowers right now, man. So thank so thank you for tonight, man. Thank I you.
1: definitely yeah. appreciate it, bro. Like yeah. when you tapped in with me um, months back and was like, yo, I'm about to work on the next season, you trying to be down, and I was like So people don't realize, man, I'm so goddamn humble. So when people ask me to be involved in shit, dog, I'll be super excited about shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Yeah. Because a lot of times don't get me wrong, I just named off a gang of people without even naming off a gang of people but there's still a lot of times bro like certain cats that you might even heard me name i'm like yo bro let's hop on the track let's hop on the track and i don't know if it's whether certain people be scared to hop on the track with me they don't want to you know I, i'm hoping it's they scared because i'm a killer in my own right right <laughs> so but it'd be like how can we never work together but you my man man you know what i'm saying but you'll let me come and do some shit, but we physically don't have tracks together but still Cassie would be like, yo, Mitch, are you trying to do this? I knew you, you know So I keep it all in perspective, but sometimes it just makes me wonder, like, how come I got a track with this person, you know? And then, you know, the narcissist in me is like, ah, because i fuck him up on the track. But then part of me is like, ah, maybe it's not, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's that yeah. I try and keep it humble, man. I never really try and most people, you have to get me talking about music. I don't just come out and be like, yo, I make music. I do this, I do that. It could be a room full of people standing up there trying to sh- get their shine on. I'm going to just be in the back ordering a drink. You know what I'm saying? Until somebody's like, yo, man, so come in, man. And then when you, when you ask me, yo, you want to? Now it's like, all right, man, cool. Give me the mic. Or here, yeah, let me hook my laptop up and play these beats or something. But other than that, dog, I'll be chilling until it's yeah. go time. When it's time for me to put the camouflage paint under my eyes and strap in, that's when, you know, other than that, dog, I'm, I'm just chilling, representing for my people. Got my kids out at events and shit. Like, you know, everybody knows when they see me outside, they're going to see my kids, like, right behind me or right next to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. my, especially my son. My son knows everybody in the city, bro. Like, he be getting that before I do it. Like, I walk in the spot. They be like, yo, little i I'm like, yo, I'm standing right here. <laughs> <laughs> But you know it's that type of yeah like for years you always see him and then when his sister came you always see her little with shit just walk out in the middle and start dancing at the beef events and shit you know what i'm saying that's just me dog and those, and, and those are the moments that they're never going to forget with you you know Mhm uh huh my son's first um my son's first concert was uh Griselda. i took him to see Griselda at the howard when he was like I think 17. As soon as I knew he was old, old enough to get in and I knew people at the door, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, yo, all right. So yeah, his first concerts has been multiple Griselda's. I think Rock Marciano. I'm um, like a whole bunch of like killer shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think we took him to see, uh, uh, who was that? I think I took him to see the locks at the Howard Theater. Like, so he's been around real shit all his life. You know what I'm saying? Like the way I raised him and the way You know what I'm saying? I raised his sister now. It's the same way. Like, eventually, you're going to be outside of these walls and your mother's walls. So, I got to take you around so you know how to maneuver when it's just you and your friends. Whether it's my son or whether it's his sister when she gets his age. But either way, you got to know how to move out here. So, because I know how to move out here, you might as well come with me. So, when you and your friends go, now I don't got to worry. Y'all wind up, you know what I'm saying, in this crazy-ass spot. Hopefully, I know somebody there. You know what I'm saying? So shit like that, man. You know, it's just one of them type of things, man. You know, as a family, man, I move the way I move. One, because they're always with me. But then, two, I'm trying to teach them some shit in a nutshell. When I shoot videos, they right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, the last video I the video I just put out. You don't see my kids in the video. But um, Ari, Zoe, and my son's best friend, Bishop. They within five feet, like most of the time, they're standing behind Gadget as Gadget is filming me. But they right there seeing all of this shit. You know what I'm saying? We in the middle of D.C. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's important for me to for them to see that side because they know the side of me, too, that was in the military. They know the side of me. You know what I'm saying? That's been doing this network engineering shit. You know what I'm saying? And sacrificing certain things and not being able to participate in certain things because I have a clearance and shit like that. But they also know when that uniform came off at night. When I'm done my job, I'm daddy and I'm mental. And now it's back to the real me. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to get y'all school shit right. Y'all going to do what y'all got to do. When y'all go to bed, daddy's going to the basement. I make as much noise as I possibly can. You know what I'm saying? And then we're going to get up and start this shit all over again. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you can never say that I put on the front for anybody or I let anybody make me sacrifice the man that I am with my integrity to do anything at, at my job or in music or in life. Like That's not happening. I'm not kissing nobody's ass. I'm going to be myself at work. I talk the way, I, the way I'm talking to you right now. I talk like this at work. I just use bigger words because I'm talking some network engineering shit, but I'm still cussing. You know what I'm saying? I'm still just being normal me. When I go to the parent-teacher conference shit or like when my son back in the day when he would get in a fight or something, call me hey Mr. Woodard blah 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 uh was he defending himself or did he hit somebody first oh he defending himself all right well, what the fuck we talking about then like I'm always like I'm standing on principle every time okay cool my son fucked this kid up did the kid start with my son oh all right well that was me I told him to finish it so sorry you know what I'm saying like sorry yeah, not yeah, sorry yeah like, yeah like <laughs> Yeah. No, I get you. I get you, man. You know? I get you. I get you. Yeah, I get like you. I'm trying to raise somebody yeah. that he knows not to put his hands on him. He's going to be respectful, but the minute you do, it's it's over now. Like now, I'm smack your damn skin off of you, you know. So <laughs> that's why you always see my kids with me, man. I I need them to know how to move out here because the, the world is getting faster and faster. So yeah, it really is, man. Mhm.
0: Well, man, we on that. We got the five minute mark, man. So this is. You've been killing it. <laughs> you slayed, no, this, it. slayed this episode. You know, you're the <laughs> only person to go to, to two parts. I think it's been you and uh, DJ Styles Chris. On okay. YouTube, you know, okay. All these two people that have uh, told an excellent story, man. Um, this is part why I do with everybody, man. Jay, um, J you want to get up to chest and you
1: want to say to everybody that watching tonight um, out there? Um, yeah, first of all, man, man up. It's like, no, nah, I'm just playing. Like, <laughs> you know, nah, it's some real shit. Like, everybody out there, whether you man-, man or a woman, you're just man up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a couple of conversations I need to have with certain people in the next, you know, however long, and I'm about to have them conversations. They some might not like how it goes, some will. But it's man up time for everything. Um, two, support dope ass music, support dope individuals, support, 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 support people that are trying to put in the same work that you're doing. Um, and you know. Support isn't always buying everything, right? I tell this to all of my crews all the time. I'm not necessarily making music for my crews and my teams to purchase. I just want y'all to share the shit. That That's enough of me. I, I'll give y'all, y'all my team, y'all could have the copies. Y'all want the master version? Like, that's fine. Yeah. But we need to support each other. If If I can get 10 people to buy your shit, Somebody else can get 10 people to buy your shit and somebody else gets ten people to buy your shit. That's 30 sales right there. And you didn't have to do anything but let your friends support you. You know what I'm saying? As in sharing your joint. I have a friend of mine from back home. Uh, my brother, Alan and shit. He supports anything and anyone affiliated with me. So he's he's bought music for people he'll probably never even meet a day in their life. But he's like, oh, shit, you do music with my bro. And this song, Fire, bet when your album coming out. He's one of them. We all need a friend like Allen. Like, everybody be like Allen. Support, support, support. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything I dropped, he be the first one in the comments. Yo, bro, this shit fire. Since high school, you've been killing motherfuckers. One day they're going to find out, like, he has never, never not supported me. And it was a time, though, when I left home, I didn't talk to him. And it wasn't nothing personal. I was just doing other shit. I mean, Allen didn't talk for, like, eight years. And then... The day that we caught back up, it was like, I had just seen him a day before, but that's how close we was and that's how close we are now. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, just everybody support, you know, your people. Support who you feel you want to support, but, like, literally support them. Whether it's spending money, spending time, championing them. T- support is also, if your man puts out a whack-ass song, don't let him keep that shit out there. Tell him, bro, that's not it. A lot of people get caught yeah. up in that, like, I hate when I submit something to some of my group chat uh, group chats and nobody responds with anything. Be like, bro, I don't need y'all blowing smoke on my ass. But if y'all don't like it, at least tell me that. Like, if you did not comment on it because this shit trash, tell me. I yeah. need that. Like, and I'm yeah. I'm thick skinned. I'm always gonna take that shit for a grain of salt. But I need people to tell me, nah, bro, that one wasn't it. Nah, 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 nah. Now don't don't go overboard. Some motherfuckers get overboard and just go. You know, they be just talking reckless. You man. know. <laughs> I'm still a man. I still got feelings. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but you know, and luckily it's never happened to me, but I've seen some people be like, yo, bro, that that kick right there, nah, that's trash, man. That sample now, like the other person be just feeling bad. And when you in the group chat setting, you watching this, you like, damn, my G, you ain't had to tear him down like that. You know, but um, but at the same time, man, no, everybody needs a man up. Everybody needs to support who they feel they need to support. Um, because you, you never know when you're going to need to be supported. And it's a yeah. fucked up feeling when you are the support. And the minute you need it, you can't find it from anywhere. You just like, damn, yo. All right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, other than that, though, bro, like just be on the lookout for more music. Like I said, Dirty Old Men, the collaboratives, Soul Chapel slash Commonwealth, um, and anybody else. Like, you know, so you see a beat conductors event come across the timeline, check it out, whether it's online or in person. You know, my man Gadget, he just uh, interviewed Minnesota um, like two weeks ago. He interviewed Focus the other week. He do copious amounts. He do videos within the crew. Um, so I, he knows I support that brother at any chance that I can get. Um, you know, and just um, I know I'm leaving a lot of motherfuckers out, but y'all gonna see. We I'm about to start flooding the timelines with more shit. I'm still working through some pain of losing some people. You know what I'm saying? Um, because I like this COVID shit, man. I've lost a lot. Like a lot of a lot of shit I haven't even mentioned. I've only mentioned certain people that people know me to be affiliated with, but I've lost friends and whatnot that people don't even know that I'm cool with. So, you know, I'm, um, I'm about to get back and start applying pressure, man. You know, I've been seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of talk about who raps and who doesn't rap in the city. And, uh, you know, most of the time, man, the killers stay quiet until it's time to kill. So, you know, I think it's time to go on the killing spree. Um, right, you know,
0: we're hearing it here right now, man. Hearing it right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you know, I got I got some shit in the works, man. But uh, hopefully, people are hear a lot more beats. The rhymes is coming. I even have a home, a place, you know, to, to put the rhymes. Now, my next, my next solo project has a home. Um, that you know, lock this in with me beforehand. and Say, yo, I like what you're doing. We, I want you to do a project over here. So I'm just trying to help other people out and do shit with my respective crews so i can then solely get selfish to focus on me because when i start working on this god of war album that's all i'm doing like you know ps5 about to release god of war i gotta start working on god of war album so yeah it's about to get ugly for for a second bro it's about to get real dark
0: right Yeah, yeah that's it
1: man thank you so much for tonight bro like straight. Oh up. man! Any time, bro. Any time. Hell yeah! This shit was fun. I like you know. I like talking too. So this shit was fun.
0: <laughs> hey, bless man. Thanks to everybody watching tonight, man. Thank you, everybody watching tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed like just like I did. Um, we'll be yo, checking shout out, out the week. joint Chiefs. Yeah. I'm
1: glad, yo, the joint Chiefs. Shout out to them. They so underrated, man. And are uh, oh, they here right now? Yeah. yep. They joined up. Yeah. They oh, so okay. underrated, bro. Like, yeah, I appreciate them. I've been rocking out with them for a while, dog. Like, I love their music, and you know. Look at the name. Like, that's that's my bag right there. So, yeah. Joint shoots. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to them. Shout out to Allen, too, man. Shout out to Allen. <laughs> shout out to Allen, I Net. everybody i seen pop in. I've seen a couple of my, yeah. my crew members pop in and out and shit. So, shout out to all of y'all, man, We're both from part one and part two.
0: Yeah, man, definitely. Much love. And then uh, we'll be taking a week off. i got a bunch of uh, things to edit. But uh, September 20th, we'll be kicking off with the B-Boys uh, in the scene. So, make sure oh, you guys, too, sure. yeah, yeah. So, much love to all them coming up. And, uh, yeah, thanks again tonight, man. I appreciate you,
1: bro. Definitely. Oh yeah, up man. Face. Damn straight, we'll, we'll man. We'll be chilling soon. We'll
0: be chilling soon, man. we we'll definitely got
1: to chill soon. Yeah, I'm, I, look, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't pump the vaccine at all, but I'm fully vaccinated, and I got tons of masks and shit. So, you know, I'll pull up on you. You pull up on me. Like, whatever, bro. We can rock out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, brother. You
0: have know, a
1: good night, was, man. Yeah, man. I'm about to go put my daughter to sleep. All right, fam. Good night, all y'all. Right, Peace. All right. Peace.